0: Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture is Esther chapter 6 this morning. And this is where the king honors Mordecai. This is the night after the, the banquet, the first banquet that the king attends with his wife and Haman. That night the king could not sleep, so one was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, the doorkeepers who had sought to lay hands on King Aguerus. Then the king said, What honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? And the king's servants who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. So the king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. The king's servant said to him, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king asked, What shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, Who would the king like to delight, to honor more than me? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on his head. Then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of the one of the king's most noble princes, that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor." Then parade him on horseback through the city square, and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man who the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested, and do so for Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai, and led him on horseback through the city square, and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. When Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. So, our message this morning is, our lesson is about earning rewards. Earning rewards. Last time we saw Haman's pride get the best of him. He was bragging to his wife, he was bragging to his friends about how great he was. About how many children he had. About how much money he had, his great wealth. And about how the king promoted him above everyone else. And even the queen invited him to a special banquet. But he also told his friends the story of Mordecai not bowing down to him, not paying him honor and respect that he felt he deserved. And we know his friends encouraged him to make a a gallows to hang Mordecai on. And Haman liked that idea. Our scripture picks up this morning then with the king having a sleepless night. So he tells his servants to read the book of records of his kingship. And the servants start reading and they come to the part about the plan to assassinate the king. Once again, we see God's hand at work here. See, the king just happened to have a sleepless night. He just happened to have insomnia. And the servants just happened to open his book to this part about his attempted assassination and read about Mordecai's good deeds. Things just don't happen by chance. This is God's hand at work. And the king asked the servants, what did we do for this Mordecai for discovering this plot? The servants responded, Respond, nothing. We've done nothing for him. Now, we need to remember that the king was married in his, he married Esther in his seventh year of his reign. And the plot to kill the king occurred shortly thereafter. It is now in the twelfth year of his reign. So it's been a time lapse of about five years have gone by from the time that Mordecai discovered this plot to the current time. So no doubt by this time, Mordecai had forgotten completely about this uh, role that he played in, in saving the king. And more than likely, Mordecai was never really even expecting a reward. He was simply doing what he felt was right. You know, he wasn't out to get a reward. But the king wants to reward Mordecai for his actions. So the king calls for whoever's in his court to come in, And again, it just so happens that it's Haman who's actually coming to ask the king to hang Mordecai. Once again, chance? No way. This is God's hand at work yet again. So the king asks Haman, what's the best way to honor someone? Haman, of course, thinks that the king is going to honor him. So he comes up with this wonderful and extravagant and honorable way to show honor to this person. Of course, as we know, the king is referring to Mordecai. So the king likes the plan that Haman says and tells Haman to go and carry out this plan and honor Mordecai. Haman is no doubt quite shocked, but he obeys the king. Even though it humiliates himself, he obeys. After Haman prays Mordecai around and shows him the honor, he returns to his house once again, tells his family, tells his friend about the events that took place. And it's interesting to note that he would tell these people, his friends and his family, about this embarrassing story about this humiliation. That tells me that these were true friends of his and they were true family members. They were close to him. And at the end of the chapter, we read Haman's friends telling him that if Mordecai is a Jew, then you're not going to win this battle. Apparently, they had heard the stories of the Jews and how God always protected his people and how the Jews always prevailed. So they warned him. They said, oh, this Mordecai's a Jew. You're not going to win. So earning rewards. Who earned the reward here? It sounds like both Haman and Mordecai are going to get what they deserve. Mordecai gets honored and Haman gets knocked down a little bit from his pride. And as we'll see next week, that's exactly what happens. But what about us? Are we rewarded for our good deeds? No doubt, sometimes we are. We are rewarded sometimes. If you want to call it that, for doing earthly good deeds... Maybe we get a monetary reward for finding a lost dog or capturing a criminal or something like that. Yeah, maybe we will be rewarded. But we don't do it for a reward. You know, we're not bounty hunters. That's not our job uh, or whatever. Or maybe you help someone uh, shovel some snow and they give you some money or something. Well, that's not why you did it. You didn't do it just for the money or whatever. You know, sometimes we just get a simple thank you or, a, you know, a simple little add a boy, way to go. Something simple. And that's okay too. There's no problem with that. And we, the thing is, we must not let, let it get to our egos. But it is important on a human level to show our thanksgiving, to show our appreciation. To others for the things that they do, not only for us, but for other people as well. We need to remember as believers, our ultimate reward is from God. Our reward is eternal life with God through Christ. We will reign with Christ because we are joint heirs with Christ. We will receive a crown of righteousness a crown of glory, a crown of life, an imperishable crown. We do what we do for God. Not for ourselves, not for our own ego. We do it to honor and glorify Him. As I mentioned though, we should always give thanks to people for the things that they do for us. Maybe that comes in in the way of a a monetary reward, or a simple thank you. But we need to remember that God is using that person to bless us, to help us out. And we should never take our blessings for granted. How many times have you thanked God for the many blessings that you have? And most of us probably have. We we thank Him for the things that maybe we can physically see or touch. Or maybe we thank him for our, our friends and our family. But have you ever thanked him for the blessings of our forefathers that have founded this nation? George Washington, John Adams, John Hancock, Benjamin Franklin. Other signers and supporters of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Probably not. But that's a blessing to us that these men were so moved so many years ago to establish this nation on Christian principles. And when you think about it, what a blessing it is to live in a free country. Right now all across the United States, maybe not quite out west yet, it's still early in the morning, but there's church services going on, open in public. Some of them are possible even outside in, in, in nicer weather areas. And in other countries, there's church services going on as well. But they're hidden down in basements. Because they would be persecuted if they were out in the open. So it is nice to live in, in a free country. And not just a religiously free country that we can practice as we please. But just in a free country, that we don't need to be worried about being enslaved by the government. You know, we have our own personal freedoms as well. What a blessing it is to live here. What about other blessings in your lives? Have you were given thanks to the people, the teachers, maybe in elementary school or, or high school, that that taught you things. And Today's teachers, they they teach children as well, but I think it's a little different than the way, uh, for sure, many of you were were raised. Uh, At least before they took uh, prayer and, and the Bible out of school. But even the people that taught you how to read and write, that gave you the ability to read the Word of God for yourself, and to maybe write in a journal or a diary your thoughts about the Word of God. What a privilege it is and what a blessing it is to have those people in our lives. Or what about the soldiers that sacrificed their lives for our freedoms? See, we're to give thanks for everyone and for all things. Not just for the current things, but for the past things in our lives and for the future things as well. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Meaning for all people. So earning our rewards, we're to give thanks to the people that do things for us. And we are also to help people as well. But we're not to do that simply to earn rewards here. We're to do that for our eternal rewards. Let us remember to thank God and thank others for the things that they do for us. And we need to try and create a a spirit of thankfulness in our hearts. Think of the, the good that you can do to help others and encourage others as they also journey on in their lives. Let's close with a prayer. Father, we thank you for that wonderful gift of eternal life. We thank you for the many blessings that you have placed into our lives, both, both in the past and what you are currently doing for us, and in the future what you will do for us as well. Oftentimes we take for granted these blessings and the freedoms that we have in this country, but help us to remember where all these blessings come from and help us to use the blessings that you've given to us. Help us to use them to bless others. We do this all for your glory and for your honor. Amen.